Each season, Guys Telling Stories seeks out fascinating people with a good story to tell. I'm Bill Easton, and the man beside me is Rich Douglas. We're a couple of guys who love a good story. So join us on our quest today as we talk to an American Ninja Warrior. This is Guys Telling Stories. All right, welcome. How are we doing, Rich? We're back. Nice, nice intro, Bill. Was that okay? I might have a little cold. <laughs> I'm a little cold. Yeah, you had a long, long weekend, right? You were away at a wedding. Oh yeah, I had a great time. Oh uh, well, all Fobar. I think all the guys are listening to us now. So, well, that's great. We got some uh, some new listeners. What's a from podcast? Your... <laughs> I had to explain it because we're all over forty. Ah, uh, that's all right. So. That's all right. So, hey, are you sure it was okay? Because you know how they do it on the show. How do they do it? American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> and I wanted to do that, uh, but uh, the intro to the intro is kind of like formal yeah that was a little uh that the, your second way is a little over the top join us next week on american ninja warrior something <laughs> no. like that i say it better when i don't have a cold oh all right <laughs> let's get to try it home sure well you know what rich and i both love having delicious meals at home especially since i got involved with this 11 day power play and try to eat a little healthier and and portion control and all of that our friends at blue apron are offering a better way to cook Fresh ingredients, great recipes delivered right to your door. Blue Apron saves you the hassle of grocery shopping and meal planning because they deliver the recipes and pre-portioned ingredients right to you. So if they send you something you don't like it, just leave it out. But you don't have to measure, you don't have to chop, it's all done for you. So make the chef quality meals at home. If you're listening, you get $30 off your first order with Blue Apron. Just go to guystellingstories.com, click on Try at Home to get $30 off your first order. That's right, and you know what else they can do? They can start their own podcast. They can. Yep. A lot of people are asking us how we got started and how they can start their own podcast. (laughs) And our friends at Lipson host our podcast, and it couldn't be easier. You know, you don't have to be a coder or a developer to publish an amazing podcast online for yourself for your hobby, or for your business. And that's because Lipsyn has all the tools you need to get your podcast out into the world. They connect you to the podcast directories. They link and publish to all your social media. Basically, with the touch of a button, you can share your podcast everywhere online. Right now, use our offer code GTS to get your first month of podcast hosting for free. That's Lipsyn.com. Offer code GTS to get your first month of podcast hosting for free. I should have sent my West Virginia friends to that website when they ask, what's a podcast? Well, they should start their own. A little alumni podcast. Alumni podcast. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our guest today, Joe Moravsky. Bill, he is the most consistent ninja warrior out of anybody. His career stats over the course of the past couple seasons just show he dominates these courses. That's a pretty cool show. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a show where people at home get to watch incredible people doing amazing things yeah. on TV. I look forward to it basically every single year and couldn't be more excited to talk to Joe today. It's also one of the shows where if you just happen to see it on, you you just leave it on. You know, like you just kind of turn it on and the TV's on and it's on that channel mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, let's see what's on. If that comes on, you're just you're stuck on it. Well, you know, Joe's past success makes me super excited for this upcoming season that airs basically in the next couple of days. So let's get to it. Let's give Joe a call. Hey, Joe, welcome to Guys Telling Stories. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all right. Now, where where are you right now? Because we're, we're calling you from Buffalo, New York. All right. Well, you know what? Just bought a house here in Monroe, Connecticut, 
And it's funny, <laughs> I was just at Home Depot nice. running a few minutes late. You know, I had to pick up some stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, so, you know, Home Depot is one of the closest stores to us. So um, I don't I don't really have a preference between Home Depot and Lowe's. I'm still trying to feel them both out. So I'm not I'm not endorsing either one. But, um, <laughs> but either way, you know, they got what I need. They got wood and uh, shelving and all this stuff. So I was just there and I realized, and I looked at my phone, and I'm like, wait a second. It's 11.38. I am a little late for my uh, call-in with you guys. So, oh, no uh, problem. Yeah, it wasn't a flat tie or anything like that, but uh, I was I was late. I'm sorry Not going to lie to you, we, <laughs> we may have opened a beer while we were waiting. <laughs> well, Joe, we'd like to uh, tell people if they're on their commute, maybe they're on the elliptical or something, and they're listening to this episode, where they can find you online and your social media. So where, where should we send people? Well, I got a website. It's theweatherwarrior.org. Uh, I figured that was pretty fitting, seeing as how I'm a weatherman and a ninja warrior. So why not combine them both? Uh, on Instagram and uh, tw- Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Ninja Weatherman. Another little funny thing there. Yep. And uh, on Facebook, it's just Joe Morowski. I-, I probably will be switching everything over to at Joe Morowski soon enough. I think my originally my original thought with that was, how are people going to spell my last name? Let's just make it Ninja Weatherman. <laughs> But you know what? I, I guess the more exposure I've gotten on TV and uh, the more I really become a household name for some, uh, you know, it's more realistic. So cool. at Joe Morowski, maybe, maybe pretty soon. You know, and, and what we like to do is kind of talk about life growing up before you started on this path to success. And I'm kind of curious, you know, what type of family raises a guy that ends up being on national TV, uh, doing the weather, but also being a ninja warrior. So can you tell Tell us a little bit about home life. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, growing up, I was first born and, um, you know, had two sisters below below me come after me. And, uh, you know, growing up being, uh, you know, two guys versus three three girls pretty much. Me and my dad versus, uh, you know, my two sisters and mom. It's not really a versus, but, you know. Well, you're fighting you for bath- bathroom space, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, that was always a fight and, and uh, having two sisters. You know, if they got in the shower first, it was over. You know, forget <laughs> about taking the shower. Yeah. But, you know, they were, they were great. And we all loved, uh, you know, we all loved each other. And sure, I teased them a lot. It was my job. But it's just how it is. And my mom and dad are great role models. You know, my dad's actually sitting behind me right now. He's on the phone. Um, he could have gone pro in baseball and he was just an amazing baseball player. Um, he decided to raise a family instead. And I, I see the challenge now as a father, you know, he, he chose the family route. And once you do that, you know, once you have a second kid, which I'm coming up on, <laughs> which is kind of scary now, but, uh, you know, once you have that second kid, I heard everything changes because it's just so much harder than one. You know, yeah. you, it's, it's just, you can't really compare it. You, if, if you were able to do those things you loved on the first kid, you know, with the first kid, it's, it's almost impossible in the second from what I'm hearing. So I'm nervous about Ninja Warrior in my future, but, um, you know, I have a great family, like I said, and even, even amazing in-laws, um, you know, Stephanie, my wife's parents. And, uh, so they help out watching Emily a lot, my daughter. Um, but you know, uh, my dad was an amazing baseball player, a basketball player. My mom was a um, all-American cheerleader back in her high school days and and track star she had the uh, the track record at our high school for the longest time I think years and years for the high jump for the high jump okay um, so she you know I, I was born uh, into this amazing athletic family um, and it's just in our genes you know we, we just have uh, a desire and a uh, 
just a profound um, respect for sports. And growing up, I put sports before school for many, many years. It was sports was more important to me. And and I, I get it, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of pro athletes out there, they get it because, you know, that's their life. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a pro life. I wanted a I wanted to be a professional athlete. And uh, I didn't know I was going to be a professional ninja warrior. No, but I am very happy. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't couldn't uh, wish it any other way. Well, let me ask you, a lot of the people that we talk to that end up focusing on one thing over another, that starts to happen around maybe freshman, sophomore year of high school. So did you find yourself focusing on, let's say, one sport over the other at a certain time in your life? You know what? Uh, No. And the reason being, I loved them all so much. I feel like maybe junior year in high school, I took a break from soccer um, because the passion was there. I loved running. I loved, you know... uh, just surprising people because what I did was I actually moved myself from uh, the offensive line to defense. And I, I, you know, what would happen in soccer was I would steal the ball from their offensive player and I'd start bringing up the field. And you would expect a defensive player to pass the ball to midfield or kick it up, you know, you know, upfield to one of your forwards. And it was funny because since I was a forward, I had some moves and people didn't know it as a defender. And so all of a sudden I'd be bringing the ball up. I'd fake a pass and just pass their their line of defense all of a sudden i'm down at the the 18 on the other side you know having an opportunity to score a goal and uh, my coach never really yelled at me about it because he knew he was like all right well kids got some skills so we'll just let him go i know he's got the speed to get back on beat too yeah as long as you get sometimes oh yeah and sometimes it burned me you know i i get it stolen all of a sudden you know we got one defender behind me and i gotta hustle back Um, but fortunately i was very fast uh, especially you know, that, that those first few steps, that was my, I, I guess I would, I would say that was my, um, biggest skill was my first few steps. You know, I was very, very explosive. Um, but you know, junior year, I decided to take a break from that, from soccer and, and push myself to be, I wanted to push my limits and see, uh, really what I was made of. So I decided to go to cross country and, um, that was really just a, uh, a personal battle. I wanted to see what I was made of really at the end of the day. And so, uh, I ended up starting that season, like running a 22 minute three mile. It was kind of pathetic actually, because <laughs> I was fast, but that's yeah. not fast. That's like not fast. For a mile. No, not at all. Or seven fifteen, And then at the end of the year, I was running a 19 minute mile, uh, 19 minute three mile. So that was like a six twenty pace. So that's, that was much better with my fastest race being like a, a five nineteen. Uh, mile split which by the way that race didn't go very well because of how fast i, I opened with that first mile <laughs> okay but uh yeah if i you open a race if you're running like a six minute mile and all of a sudden you throw a 519 into the mix for your first mile yeah it's not going to go well for the next two miles but uh it is what it is it was a fun uh, really cool learning experience i got to really push my body to its limits really and i i remember days where I would say to myself, hey, if I die right now because I just put everything into this, I'd be okay with it. Because I, you know, I like, I know it's a strange thing to say, but I've been around death a lot uh, as as a young child. You know, I lost a friend of mine to a drowning accident. Not a lot of people know about this, but a very close family friend uh, passed away in a drowning accident. While I, was, I was in fourth grade and and I didn't really understand death, you know, too much at that age. Who does? And you know, I lost my great grandmother a few years. Actually, that same year, we lost my great grandmother. And then back in 09, I think we, 
we lost my grandma and then this year I lost my uncle. Um, really, really close, like a second father to me, my, my father's brother, uh, mm. who I was just talking about. And it, you know, it's, you know, I think about death a lot. And so I try to juggle the thought of it and how I would possibly be able to be okay with it. And so I go through moments in life where I'm like, you know what, if I were to die right now, I'd be okay with it. And one of those moments is working my butt off during a workout. You know, mm-hmm. if I, if I were to give my, my whole self to my workout and my body couldn't handle it, I feel like that would be a pretty, uh, respectable way to go. Like Joe was, Joe was working so hard that his body couldn't handle it anymore. I think that's, I, you know, out of all the ways to die out there, I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. So I just, it's kind of took a, and well, let a me ask you. Turn there. No, Sorry no, not that. at all. Cause we, uh-huh. we, we always touch on something uh, a little bit further into the interview, but let me ask you, cause I'm kind of about the same age as you and you've started your family already. My wife and I are talking about it and uh, you know, using that same mentality, but now transferring it to being a family man. Are there any reservations about, you know, kind of pushing yourself too hard or not being there? You know, if, you know, God forbid anything ever happens, like during training or during an event? Um, you know, I don't really, I don't, I haven't put too much thought into that. And that, mm-hmm. that's a very good point to make. And I'm glad you made it. Um, it reminds me that I need to get my health insurance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why we're life, here. Life, life insurance, uh, you know, started. I have it on my list of things to do, but uh, house is taking priority right now. But yeah, you're right. You know, I, I should have some reservations thinking about the family. And, and you know what? I, I I have to say I have thought about it a little mm-hmm. bit because I sold my motorcycle. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So hang up with us right now. Get out there and get this done. Oh man! Uh, Well, you know, we we throughout this season, we're talking to a variety of people, and one of these awesome, awesome guys, he had uh, really, really pushed himself to the extreme uh, early in life in terms of physical accomplishments, and but also Mm -hmm. in terms of saving. And he's known as the millionaire teacher, and he wrote a book about this. But he um, he seemed to have dialed it back now, and and maybe you can agree, Bill. He lived at that guy lived at both ends of the bell curve. Yep. His yep. whole life. There was <laughs> nothing in the middle, nothing average about him. No, no, not at all. Well, Joe, I'm loving the flow of the conversation and maybe we could bring it forward a little bit to some of these uh, successes you had. I know that on your first season of Ninja Warrior, they said that this is a weatherman and yeah. people are like, oh, weatherman. You know, we, we were thinking, you know, one of our local guys on TV, like what, what is he going to do? And then now seasons later, in our mind, you're basically one of the best competitors out there and i'm looking so forward to this upcoming season to see you know what you can do and uh and and, you know how well basically all the ninjas do so you know if you could kind of maybe bring us back to that beginning maybe first season you know what was going through your mind when you were applying to be on the show and you know what were some factors to get you to take that first step to actually try try out well, I think the timing was one of the biggest factors. I just finished college. Uh, I finished a semester late, so I had, you know, I finished in December. And I knew that this was going to be happening, and so I also knew Ninja Warrior filmed in the spring. So I applied for the show. I think it was due in, like, January, the application and the video submission process that we have to go through, uh, which kind of changes every year, but generally it's a, like, a four-minute video or you know, two to four minute video or two to three minute video, depending on the year of who you are, why we should pick you. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I highlighted the fact that I was now a degreed meteorologist or would be. And, you know, the timing was great. I had just finished college. I ended up getting the call because of the fact that I was a weatherman. I thought that was so cool. And I'm sure they wanted to kind of tease me, you know, uh-huh. like, yeah, why not? You know, this weatherman comes in. They think it's just a novelty act. It's going to be some guy coming out to embarrass himself. You know, because back in the days on American Ninja Warrior, it wasn't it was serious among the top guys. But, it, you know, what I noticed was, you know, it wasn't serious for a lot of them. It there was, were, yeah, there was some you know, clowns. let's get on TV. Like, yeah. yeah, let's be a clown and let's dress up as, uh, <laughs> no offense to this guy, I know. The fro- <laughs> like Frogman or something. <laughs> exactly, that's what I was one thinking. Year. I, I don't remember who he was. And, I, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy. I just remember seeing the video of him just being silly. I know? think he's on, he's on Wipeout now. <laughs> pro- probably. Either way. <laughs> this is how it started for me, though. You know, I... I saw these obstacles on TV, just like you guys do. And I thought, hey, well, maybe I thought differently than you guys, but I thought, hey, I could do this stuff. You know, I, why? This doesn't look hard. Like, I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I know how to jump uh, from obstacle to obstacle. I know how to hang from things. And, and sure enough, I was pretty right. You know, I just needed to fine-tune some of my training. I had to work on forearm and finger strength and endurance a lot more than I thought. Um, but my biceps just needed a little bit of focus and uh you know i was a strong guy i was very explosive not only in my legs like i said earlier um but my upper body i just i just had this explosive nature about me and i don't really know what it is that makes it uh makes me me makes me explosive and i've tried figuring it out because you know if you could figure out the keys to people's success you know like michael phelps what makes him so amazing well Okay, we know that he's got freakishly big feet and hands, exactly. so maybe that helps. Yeah. But, you know, is there some physical or mental characteristic about him that that maybe we don't see or we don't know enough about yet? And I call it the it factor, you know, that he's got it, you know, like it in quotes, you know. What is it? And I, I feel like when it comes to American Ninja Warrior, I have it, and there's a few there's a few ninjas that have it, like Drew Dreschel, he's got it. Like he's got that ninja sense that that intuition that really can't be taught. Uh, it can be learned, I feel like, but uh, the people that are most successful just have it like hardwired to their system. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm one of those people. There's there's certainly a lot of ninjas out there that have it, um, but they're they're almost limited by their I don't know their own capacity to uh, be okay with fear or be be. Uh, accepting of the fact that they're going to be terrified on the show. A lot of the time, people can't handle the amount of stress that the show presents to you. Yeah. And the stress can be anything from competing uh, in front of tons of people to competing in front of millions of people on TV. And if you actually think about that, we compete, it, it can be nerve wracking because that's, a, you know, I'm talking like six million people watching a show, right. uh, give, or, give or take a million, <laughs> give or take a million. But, <laughs> Um, and you know what, maybe, maybe one of the hardest things about it that'll really test your, your mental endurance is the fact that you film overnight. You know, we film, we got we have to get to the course at 7 PM. Sometimes in Vegas, we got to meet at the hotel lobby at 5 PM, uh, Pacific time, which is, you know, I'm coming from the East coast. So this is eight o'clock at night, a meeting at the lobby. And then we go down to the course and we wait around until about nine 30 to start filming nine 30 PM. And we film overnight until about 6 a.m. or until the sun comes up. So you want to talk about being stressed out. I think that's my biggest stressor is the fact that I have to stay up all night for a few days in a row after being, you know, home with a, fa- you know, as a father trying to wake up early with my daughter and also 
coming from the East Coast. Yeah. You know, a three-hour time difference, it's it shocks your body. Well, let's, and by uh, the end of Vegas every year, I'm always sick just because of the fact that worn out. my body takes a beating. Let me ask you, take the listeners a little bit behind the scenes, for the stage one, stage two, stage three, is that filmed over the course of, let's say, a few days? Or when you say overnight, is some of that mm-hmm. happening within the same night? Stage one in Vegas is happening in one night okay? because we have, you know, around a hundred competitors. So that's, that's a lot of competitors. And usually by stage two, we have about, I think in the last few years, it's been either about 16 to 21 competitors. Wow. So you get 16 to 21 competitors going to stage two, you know, that's not going to take up all night. That'll take a few hours. So what they do is they do stage three right after stage two. And then just like in season seven, Jeff Britton, and Isaac Caldier, are the two guys that, made this stage four the final stage of Namadoriyama. they do that right after stage three so we're oh. talking sun's coming up you've already competed two stages that night going for the final stage and the final stage in the years past has been a 75 or so 80 foot rope climb in under it was 40 seconds for the longest time but nobody ever got there and, and all of a sudden we get two guys there and they're like you know what i think uh you guys could probably climb 40 seconds. We've been watching your training videos, so oh we're going to bump that time down to 30 seconds, and everyone freaked out. I freaked out. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't go down a rope that quick. <laughs> thankfully, I couldn't. You know, thankfully, I wasn't climbing the rope that year because uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could have done it in 30. Um, but you know, that's what happens. There was a lot of a lot of uh, ego talk going on. A lot of people saying, "Oh, I can climb it in 40. I've done it in 28." And so, I hey, guess what? we heard you and we're making it harder. So that's kind of been like what's happened on the show for many years now. You know, we become these innovators of obstacles. We, we create these new obstacles or we just do things that are amazing. The producers see it and they use that on the show, whether it's for an actual obstacle or for a skills challenge, which is something we've done like the, uh, 40 foot salmon ladder. You know, we, we had a guy that built it, uh, I think he had like a 30 foot salmon ladder and, and, uh, the show was like, Hey, we like that. Let's have a challenge. Let's see who can get up it fastest, or let's see who can get up the warp wall the highest. Let's see who can jump this gap the furthest, you know? So a lot of cool things have come from, uh, you know, them watching us. Yeah. Let me, uh, frame this for you. Cause I was about to ask, don't you think the athletes could almost outperform or outsmart the producers? But I guess my new question is, huh. do you think that the athletes are challenging themselves, like making it harder with all the social media posts? I mean, I'm watching some of your Instagram, for example, and then you you look incredible. So then the producers, all they got to do is follow everybody, see what you're doing while you're training and then create obstacles. that are just a little bit harder. You know what I mean? Is that I know that's that is the problem right now. I, <laughs> I faced, you know, there's one thing, there's one thing that I'm specifically not posting because I do not want the producers or anybody else to see, you know what I can what what skill I have up my sleeve now, and it's 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 a shame because it's so cool, but I can't say anything about it because I don't want it to ever be on the show. <laughs> so what is ever. it? <laughs> oh, I'm not saying. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I'd say. a little... uh, let's just, it's more, you know, it's not even a, it's not even a specific like talent. What it is, it's an obstacle that is supposed to be really hard, but I think it's super easy. And actually a lot of the pros, like the, the elite pros, you know, agree. I've talked to some of them and I'm like, listen, this obstacle's in here in the mix around many other difficult obstacles. 
and it's an easy obstacle. And everyone's like, yeah, I know. Like it's, it's hard though. Here's the thing to rock climbers. It's a very, I just said too much to rock climbers. (laughs) It's a very hard obstacle, but to a parkour athlete, it's a very, and not even a parkour, like to a gymnast or, uh, uh, a, a bodybuilder, it's actually a very easy obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I've hey, no, no, it's okay, Joe. Yeah, we're not trying to spoil too much. <laughs> I know you got you guys film in advance, and you got to keep some stuff a secret for the upcoming season. But that's exciting because yep. you are right. I was getting all pumped up for the episode, and I've got a pull-up bar at home, and I was thinking, it's like, man, I want to try that salmon ladder. You know, and it's kind of like you said, you're watching it at home that before the very first season. And then you're like, yeah, I think I can do some of this stuff. But I think reality would hit in pretty fast. You know, maybe I do the salmon ladder a couple times. I'm watching, you know, these elite warriors do it 30 times, you know, maybe even more, 45 times. Yeah. And uh, and they're pretty good. So, you know, like I said, we're excited about the upcoming season. But let's uh, let's move ahead to a little bit of a, a challenge. I mean, personally sure. or professionally, big or small. You know, for for you looking ahead to where you are at, in life in general, have you had to sort of overcome something or maybe you're still overcoming it that you think you'll ultimately be better for? Um, honestly, overcoming failing on the show every year is mm-hmm. one of the biggest obstacles I faced. And it's been years. And I've been telling people that if I don't do it this year, I don't think I'm ever going to. Um, you know, I won't be in, it'll be like my early thirties. I think if I get another good shot and the reason being is, you know, I have a second child on the way and I, I know it sounds like a little bit of an excuse, but just from what I hear about the challenges, I, and from what I know, just the challenges of having one and how difficult it is to just get out of the house and train. Um, you know, if I don't do it this year, um, it's got, I hope to God it's because I make a mistake, not because I get tired because if I, if I fail something because I'm tired, I've, I've already trained my butt off, you know, harder than I've ever trained. And I'm really excited, uh, to see how the season unfolds because, um, you know, I'm, str- I'm stronger than ever. I really am. So, um, <laughs> it's, it, we'll, we'll see. This is the, the biggest challenge I faced is, you know, not making a mental mistake and, and just seeing how far I can go because it's been, you know, season five when I fell, I made it further than any other rookie ever in the history of the show. Um, which I love that stat. I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can. (laughs) Um, You know, season five that year, I I fell because I was tired and I'm okay with that. Season six. Well, you know, there's a little bit of a technique issue too, but point is I fell because I was tired. Season six, I fell because I was tired. Season seven, I made a mistake and I did not like that. And last year I made a mistake. So this is a new year and and I've noticed it comes in twos. You know, I, I get tired, I get tired. I made a mistake, I made a mistake. And I've also heard a stat being thrown around that the year you have your worst season is the year that when you come back to the show is your best year. So I'm banking on the fact that this is going to be my best year ever. And seeing as how I have been only two obstacles away from the end of stage three, you know, the, the sky is the limit. And so, you know, I'm going for it. We'll see. There has been some NFL teams that have uh, used some different types of training techniques. One includes when they fly to the West Coast, when they do it. And they've used some research about how the body performs on if you get there three days early, if you get there two days early, if you get there the night before. Mm. Is that something that you consider when you... Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. And if you have answers for me, 
Like, do you have uh, the study? Do you know um, the answers? I know that the, our football team a year ago flew out the night before, and terrible it was idea. based on someone's story, and they played pretty well in the beginning. Ooh, okay. And uh, that might have been the uh, Raiders game. Yeah, that don't think they, end well. <laughs> that's that's the problem. You got to have enough at the end. Yeah, but uh, there are there are some studies out there. Um, I mean, at least our coach based, you know, said there was a study out there. Gotcha. Like, he said a lot of things. Though. Yeah, we haven't been doing too well, Joe. <laughs> he also wrote a, wrote a well, tandem bike with his brother. <laughs> um, well, here's the difference with that. You know, um, there's two major differences. One, they're doing a one-day competition, a one-day game. You know, we're doing potentially four to five nights. We're doing uh, stage one, stage two, three, and four. We're doing... USA versus the world. We're doing the skills challenge and we're also doing the uh, all-star episode, which is the Matt versus Akbar versus Christine uh, special. So this could be five nights. So, you know, when it comes to, (laughs) there's, there's no secret there. I think what you have to do, and this is what I do. uh, Let's say we like, for example, um, I know they're filming Vegas finals on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night in June. Uh, if I were to go to Vegas and compete, I would want to get there either Friday night or Saturday morning, um, for that Tuesday night, because that gives you two to three days to adjust. And the way I adjust in the past. And if, if I were to go back to Vegas this year, I love how I have to keep it secret. If, um, (laughs) you know, if, if I go back to Vegas this year, um, you know, my plan would be to incrementally, stay up later each night but saving the nights that i compete for the latest nights um because you know the later i stay up the the more my body just takes a beating nobody likes staying up i mean i like staying up late but i don't like staying up until 6 a.m pacific time it's terrible um so you know let's say i got there saturday morning saturday night i'd probably stay up until i don't know 11 p.m uh pacific time which is 2 p.m 2 a.m eastern time Go to bed, wake up as late as I can on Sunday. Sunday rolls around. You probably have, you know, interviews, B-roll. You have medical on one of those days. Just one day is dedicated to medical. You have to go get screened to make sure you don't have any heart murmurs or anything that will sneak up and give you a heart attack on the course, I guess. I don't really know. But thankfully, that's that's not, you know, ever been a problem. And I I passed that, which is great. But I've heard stories of people not passing, and that's scary. Wow. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it is what it is. And then there's background checks to all of a sudden, you know, hey, Joe, something just came up on your criminal record. <laughs> you know, what the heck is this? Sorry, you can't compete. <laughs> you know, so that's never happened to me, but I've heard stories there, too. And it's terrible. You know, stories that may even uh, have been proven. Like, let's say let's say I got into trouble and it was proven that I was innocent. But just because there's a newspaper article about you being innocent, just because you're in there they might not have you on the show. I've heard incidents like that happen too. Uh, it's terrible because some of these, see some of these athletes, I know one got one, uh, you know, one athlete in particular that had this happen. It's just like, they're such an amazing athlete and it's not fair that they can't give, be given the opportunity because, you know, of a thing that they were accused of that they were found innocent for. It's like, what? Come on. I, I get it, but I don't. It's not. That's not cool. Well, let me um, let me ask you real quick because uh, my brother's in Vegas right now, and he's actually moving to Boston for a job. But okay. he's been there for a couple of years. Any any crazy nights out with the ninjas? I mean, <laughs> so, you know what? You know what's really funny. I um 
I definitely know a few people that do that. And I, yeah, I, I don't mind a few drinks here or there. The problem with me is my, my go-to thing isn't a drink. My go-to thing is McDonald's. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I diet, you know, and actually it's really funny I say that because last night I was like, you know what? It's like 1130. I'm driving home from the gym. There's nothing opened. I'm going to McDonald's. Yep. I went to McDonald's last night. And, you know, I got a, a shake, I got a, some fries, and I got some snack wraps. And I'm, like, trying to count the calories. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm just going to give up on today. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's my go-to thing. That's where I party. You know, I party at McDonald's. Party at Wendy's McDonald's. And, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, um, I I love the answer, though, Joe. That's great. You give a very good dad answer. You know, like, I, I get a little crazy with McDonald's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a McFlurry. I don't know. Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> Those Am I are getting good. that old now? Is that really no, right? not at all. Not at all. But, you know, speaking of all these different sort of companies or brands, I'd love to take the listeners on a little bit of a journey for how these warriors make money from the show. Because I have no idea. I know if you win, you you can, you know be a millionaire basically but what about the people who you know don't qualify or you only make it to stage one or stage two can you make a living doing this no you can't and that's that's the hardest part about this sport and this show is you can't make a living off it you the only way you're going to make a living is if you get on tv they air your run and then you promote the heck out of it and be like hey i was on the show come to my gym and train or, or you know and a lot of people do that a lot of people that uh, really aren't, you know, uh, the elites, you know, a lot of people do that, but you know, at the end of the day, just getting through stage one qualifiers is hard nowadays. So, you know, when you look at it like that, I, I get it. And I, I think that's okay. Uh, but back in the day, there were a lot of people that they would start a gym or, or not even the gym, but they, you know, they try to start a business based off the fact they were on TV once and it's hard, you know, it's hard to do that. And, you don't get paid from the show. You know, they, they see this as like a price is right. You know, you go up, you're not getting paid. At least I don't think you're getting paid on prices, right? Unless you win, unless you win some prizes along the way. Yeah. Uh, and you have to pay taxes on those prizes as everybody, <laughs> everybody has to do. Um, the nice thing about the show now, and I'm pretty sure I can say this, there, there are, uh, there are prizes for first, second and third in your region. Uh, I think it'll be better if I don't give it an exact no, amount that's, cause that's fine. just because, just because, um, I don't know if I would get in trouble or not, but, and I don't think I would, but I'll just play it safe. But yeah. it, you know, we're talking a few thousand dollars for first, second and third, um, you know, fill, fill it in using your imagination, but, uh, it's certainly gotten better in the years past. Um, starting last year was the first year they did first, second, third, uh, but season six and five and four. Uh, when NBC took over in, in season four, they were giving a um, just first place in regional qualifiers and regional finals a prize. Um, you know, I've I've talked with NBC, I've talked with uh, A Smith, uh, the production company, about more tiers of prizes. You know, I, I've always said if this is a game show, like you start handing out some more prizes. I think that'd be great. You know, we. It's very hard for us, especially people in my situation now with a family, to make a living off of just being on TV. You know what I mean? Absolutely. For the people that train all year for this, how am I supposed to make a living, you know, paying my gym membership and paying to get there and paying for equipment and and whatever it may be in my time if I'm not getting paid? And so I've always said, why don't we do this? Why why don't we have uh, and actually, now that I say this out loud, they have kind of done something similar. But why don't we have a prize for people that beat stage one 
the qualifiers. So let's say I competed in Cleveland. Um, if I, if you competed Cleveland qualifiers and moved to finals, you should get a prize just no matter what your time is. And then on top of that, those top three, maybe you can get a prize. And they did that this year. They actually gave uh, some money to just people that made it to finals, which was cool. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a lot, but it was, it was something. And we're happy about that because that means they're listening. That means they care just like we care. You know, it's a, there just needs to be communication. I feel like uh, it's, things are finally happening, which is great. Um, but I would like to see more. You know, if you know, if if, if, if NBC made seven hundred fifty million dollars on the show last year, you know, what's one percent of that? If they took one percent of that and divvied it out to all the ninjas throughout the year as prizes tiered, I think that would be very cool and uh, fair, and it would just make us want to work so much harder for them and for ourselves, I feel like, because now there's a way to make a living off of this uh, other than maybe hopefully getting an endorsement deal or uh, maybe getting some sponsorships that pay you to go places. You know, that's hard to come by. And I've been fortunate enough to actually work with Macy's. They, uh, they had me uh, promoting their new uh, clothing line ideology men's. So I got really lucky. It was funny. I was on an interview with, with the, uh, you know, the guy working for Macy's and, and he was like, we're looking, you know, at some talent. We want to see if, if uh, you'd be a good fit. And I was like, listen, listen, man, I'm really sorry. My daughter's crying in the room. I, I, I gotta be right back. And he, he laughed and I was like, Oh Jesus, it's probably not gonna go well. Right. And sure enough, they were looking at me as a father figure role model for this product. And I was like, wow, that, that worked out great for me because I literally showed them that families first. And it always has been no matter what the situation and you know that's got that from my parents you know my parents are great because they put family first and those you know those um kind of just the way they run things kind of define who i am today so well you know i i could totally see you uh doing a mcdonald's commercial where you're grabbing the happy meals for the kids first (laughs) going through the playground you know and then you can grab yourself the snack wrap you know and wink at the camera Uh, you know what if it were a commercial like that i think i'd be okay with it because you know, I'm, I'm showing them that you can't just sit on your butt and eat McDonald's. You, just like anything, you have to go out, you have to work out, and you earn what you eat. You don't just you don't just pick out. And sure, McDonald's has, doesn't have the best uh, ingredients to their food. They've certainly gotten better, and they, they're they certainly not the best. Well, uh, you were so close to getting a – you were so close to having them until that last line. <laughs> Ronald's right them. here listening. I don't listening. want them. <laughs> yeah. That's why. I don't want McDonald's. If, I, if they offer me – uh, well, I guess everyone's got a number, but if they offer sure. me a hundred million dollars, I don't know what I would do. But you know, if they offer me a small endorsement deal, I'd say, "Listen, guys, I can't." McDonald's, come on, I can't do that. Yeah. If Panera, if Panera came up to me, I would say, "I'm telling, I'm calling out Panera right now." Actually, Panera, <laughs> give me a call. I'm super interested. I've been eating there for years, and actually, I go to Panera before every single run on the show i always look for a panero because i always get the broccoli cheddar soup it's a little high on the calories but oh my gosh it is the most delicious thing and it gets me ready to go so panero huh. reach well, out carbalicious <laughs> well hey just to, i know we haven't talked about the weatherman thing too much but just to let listeners know you do have a, f- a full-time job as well besides being a ninja warrior right so um i'll clarify for you i'm a freelance meteorologist at news 12 connecticut um, so I basically, I'm, I'm a fill in right now for people that go away or sick or, uh, you know, have to go to the dentist or, you know, they get hurt, whatever it may be. Um, so it's perfect for what I'm doing. 
So what does uh, what does life hold for you? Where do you see yourself in, let's say, five years? Huh, that that is the question. You know, that is the question I juggle with and have been thinking about for the last two years now. You know, how can I provide for my family in a smart way? And you know, the Wolfpack Ninja Tour just came out, um, and we just did an event in Denver. It's essentially it's the the tour of the ninjas, you know, some of the best ninjas got together. We joined up with Wolfpack and we held a tour in the Magnus Arena in Denver, Colorado. And we had thousands of people show up throughout the weekend. And it was insane. What is Wolfpack? Um, and we're going to be we're going to be doing another one. The Wolfpack is uh, the bunch of guys and girls, Noah Kaufman, Ian Dory, Brian Arnold, Megan Martin. And uh, back in the day, it used to be Isaac Caldiero. Um, and he, you know, once he won, he kind of stepped away from the sport. So Megan Martin. She jumped in. Um, she was kind of always in the wolf pack, but um, she's now definitely in the wolf pack, especially after her amazing uh, performances over the years. Um, but either way, those four, with the help of some friends, I'm sure, and some family, uh, started this wolf pack ninja tour. And it's essentially just a, a tour for the fans, a tour for the kids. You know, we have uh, kids events going on during the weekend. They get to get coached by their favorite ninjas. Like it's insane. We had Jeff Britton there. We had myself. We had Drew Dressel, Flip Rodriguez, uh, Travis Brewer, Nicholas Coolridge. We had Jesse Graff. We had Megan. Mar- we had everybody. Um, so it's you know it's a one of a one of a kind experience, and uh, it was so successful. We're going to be doing it again. So I, I you know I've been putting a lot of time and effort into thinking long term. You know. Uh, long-term goals and and how can I uh, make a living off this? And that's kind of where I'm, you know, I got my eye on is, is this tour is, is pretty amazing. And, you know, we're, we're all kind of part owners in the company too. So we want this thing to, to work. And I know the bigger it gets, the more children get to be uh, hopefully touched. And and actually we want to be motivating these kids to stay in shape, you know, stay Mm -hmm. in shape or get in shape. And so it's a win-win. That's great. It's a win-win for all of us. You know, we always like to end with a little bit of advice, and you seem to be such a well-rounded guy. Feel free to put it in whatever realm you want. You know, what would you say to somebody who is looking to accomplish their goals but just starting out? Um, well, I'd say start off small. You know, don't don't push the envelope too much right off the bat. Really start off slow. Get accustomed to what you're doing, what you want to do, and take baby steps to get there. You know, you don't become a pro overnight. You know, it takes time, hard work, dedication, blood, sweat, and tears. You know, that uh, that cli- cliche uh, saying, you know, it's it just takes time. And it just remember that, um, you know, you can't win. You really can't. You can't win without knowing how to lose first. And it humbles you sometimes. And, um, you know, it beats you up. But it makes you realize, you know, what you want. And so, you know, if you get beat up over and over, like I've gotten beat up on the show over and over again, it makes you think about it. Like, is this something you really want and why, you know, the why is the biggest factor behind everything. You know, there was a story, Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson many years ago, Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas were boxing out in the ring and, and Mike Tyson, you know, was undefeated, never been knocked out before. I think he was undefeated, but he'd never been knocked out before. And he's going up against Buster Douglas and Buster Douglas had just lost his mother the day before the fight, I think it was. And, you know, before his mother died, he, he told the world uh, that he was going to beat Mike Tyson. And, uh, oh, it was two days before the fight she died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
his why was to prove to his mother and prove to the world that he could beat Mike Tyson. And you know that that why is so important uh, in your day to day life and 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 beyond. And so finding why you want to do something, holding on to that is greater than anything. So that's what I challenge everybody out there listening is find your why, find your reason. Awesome. Well, we always like to uh, remind people where they can kind of find you online. So you can tell us about that social media and website one more time. Sure. Uh, theweatherwarrior.org is my website. You can actually reach out to me. Uh, you can find me on my, my business email, uh, assist assist at gmail.com. It's assist without the, all the letters there, A-S-S-T. Um, or you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Ninja Weatherman and Facebook. Just type in my name, Joe Morofsky, and you'll find me. Yeah, and Joe has some uh, incredible videos of some past performances of his. So definitely go check him out, give him a like, and uh, make sure you're cheering for him, letting him know you heard him on this uh, this episode when he's crushing those courses this upcoming season. Do not <laughs> try the Red Nose video challenge. You will hurt yourself. <laughs> I I am still in pain. Oh no! Oh, and by the way, guys, June. Uh, let's see, June twentieth on USA Network. It's going to be the start of the season finale of Team Ninja Warrior. Um, I say the start because you know the finals of Team Ninja Warrior are there are eight teams, and uh, we're one of the eight teams that are moving on to the finals. So that starts part one is on June twentieth uh, on USA Network, and then the next week is the. I guess we'll say the grand finale, uh, June 27th. So keep an eye out there on USA for hopefully us. Hopefully we get there twice, you know, get through that first episode and make it to the final relay showdown. And then again, American Ninja Warrior starts on NBC starting, I believe it's June 10th. Or maybe it's June 12th, but either way, I know soon a month later or so, I think July 10th or so, you're going to be seeing the Cleveland qualifiers where I competed. So awesome. Uh, get those DVRs ready. You know, the season is just starting really kicking into gear on Team Ninja Warrior and American Ninja Warrior starting up again. So awesome. Get ready. Awesome. Well, Joe, thanks so much. This has been incredible. Really appreciate you sharing your stories. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'll uh, try to catch up again with you guys soon. We'll do it. Awesome. Take care, Joe. Joe Morovsky. That was good. What a it, cool guy. There was, um, you know, he, 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 during the episode, he talked about the it factor and he, him and some of the other guys have it. And, uh, he, he, he made a comment like he doesn't really know what it is, uh, that some people have. But earlier, before he said that, when he was talking a little morbid that he wouldn't mind if he, if he died training. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that. That's what part of it. A, a lot of people, would never say or think anything like that. And that's part of what drives these, these athletes, not just uh, Ninja Warriors, but all professional players. Most of them have that, well, if I die playing the sport and I, I gave everything I had, it, it, that's, that's good enough for them. Yeah, and, and I kind of would interpret that it factor as performance. And it's performance every single day when you're practicing and performance in the moment. And so when you're watching those athletes or these people on the show perform, and they're doing, like I said before, these amazing things, these incredible obstacles. You just can't believe that they're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And then when they go a step further or even further than that, it's like, oh, my, this is incredible. And so Joe definitely has that. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to rooting for him in the future and hopefully for years to come. 
Once again, I want to thank our friends at Blue Apron. They deliver fresh ingredients and great recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of grocery shopping and the actual meal planning that's involved with, with everything else. So to get $30 off your first order, just go to our website, guystellingstories.com, click on Try at Home, and you get $30 off with your first order at Blue Apron. Yeah, and it couldn't be easier. And thanks again to our podcast host, Libsyn. Libsyn provides everything your podcast needs from publishing tools to hosting. Remember to use our offer code GTS to get your first month of podcast hosting for free. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Yeah, that's Libsyn.com. Offer code GTS to get your first month of podcast hosting for free. So today was good. Yeah, I really mean it. I want to try a salmon ladder. So to any of those Buffalo Ninjas out there, if you want to invite Bill and I, we would love to come on down and, and give it a shot. What I, he meant to say was invite Rich down. <laughs> what? Well, someone has to hold the phone uh, while uh, I'm oh. failing oh, okay. at the salmon ladder. Well, I'll video that for yeah. sure. And hey, guys. Send some love Joe's way. He's on the upcoming season, and we would uh, love to support him and root for him. I, I hope he actually he does it this year, Bill. Yeah, you know, and send him a Facebook message. His name isn't hard to spell. It, it is spelled exactly how it sounds. Exactly. Moravsky, M-O-R-A-V-S-K-Y, Moravsky. Awesome. Well, guys, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show. Like us on Facebook. We uh, could use a little bit of love there, and... Another great episode, Bill. All right, let's do it again later. Awesome. I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. Okay, until next time.